When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. This episode is brought to you by Google. Google's two-step verification was built to secure your account and help prevent cyber attacks, even if your password is compromised. That's why Google has made it easy to sign into your account with this additional layer of protection. Just one tap and you're in. Learn more at safety.google. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the best damn movie-related show here on the internet. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John Agorio. For today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about It Chapter 2. This is actually the sequel to It Chapter 1, dealing with the adults. And does this actually... The real question is, does this actually measure up to what It Chapter 1 is? And I'm going to go into that in a few minutes, but I just want to point out a couple of the positives before I do the negatives. So the positives is... The casting for this movie is just fantastic. I enjoyed seeing Jessica Chastain as Beverly. I liked seeing James McAvoy as Bill. I liked seeing Isa Musafa as Mike. I liked Jay Ryan as Ben. I liked James Ransom as Eddie. And I liked Bill Scarsard, of course, as Pennywise. Now, what I, ha- what I like about the casting is the fact that they actually got these adult actors that look just like the kid actors, which is actually crazy if you actually look at them side by side. This is actually perfect casting. Andre Maschietti actually did a fantastic job casting the adult actors to match up to what the kid actors are. And, you know, this takes place 27 years after when they decided, when they went on ahead and defeated it, Pennywise. And they all grew up to be successful. You have Beverly who winds up becoming a designer, then you actually have Bill, who's an author-writer and also screenwriter. Then you have Richie, who becomes a comedian. And then, well, Isa, Isa Mustafa, who plays Mike, eh, he's just a guy that stays in Derry. Nothing really happens to him after 27 years. He calls up the losers to round everybody up. Hey, look, it came back. You guys have to come back into Derry and try and kill this thing. So nothing really happens with Mike. And then Jay Ryan comes in. And he plays Ben. He actually ha- is an architect. Then James Ransom, who plays Eddie, is actually a guy who owns his own limo company. Like I said, all these losers became successful in this whole entire movie. And I really enjoyed the chemistry between the adult actors. And what I have to say is this. Bill Horder takes the show. He actually adds that comedic element to this thing to where you can actually believe that he is Richie. He is actually the guy who lands the jokes perfectly well. And then another thing too that I want to actually mention too in the Chinese restaurant and everything that whenever the losers are all there and they're actually interacting with each other, it's like they have have been missing each other for 27 years and the chemistry is there. They're still trying to remember stuff from their past, but it lands perfectly well, perfectly well executed. I really enjoyed the Chinese um, element, uh, well, not element, but the scene to that Chinese restaurant because of the fact that you were able to tell with the chemistry with the adult actors and them re- trying to remember stuff from their childhood. It was very good. And then they actually get the crap scared out of them in the Chinese restaurant because of the things that Pennywise actually did to their fortune cookies. And then 
then Richie's like, screw this. I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore. I don't have to do this. And you know what? I'm glad that they actually added that element into it. Whereas like, you know what? I'm an adult now. I don't need to go in and defeat this stupid clown or anything. I'm not, I don't live in this town anymore. I have a driver's license now. I can actually leave whenever the hell I want to leave. So therefore, kiss my butt. I'm out of here. I don't have to put up with this garbage. And I like that whole entire adult element to it because of that, because of that thing. But even the, now this is actually another thing I want to actually mention too. The introduction, the way they actually set the tone for this movie too, it starts off kind of grim. And you're, and that's not a surprise coming from a horror movie, but I have a feeling that this is actually going to be kind of controversial, especially when it's dealing with the LGBT stuff, because in the start of the film, which is actually the stuff that actually takes place in the book, where you have the bully that winds up beating the crap out of this gay guy for being in love with his partner who was actually there with him, getting the crap beat out of him too. But then they go on ahead, they throw him over the bridge, and then you think that, you know, what they do differently is the fact that you think that this guy's actually going to end up being killed off by Pennywise because of what he did to that gay guy, because of him getting the crap, beating the crap out of him. Because usually that's what happens whenever someone does sinful acts in a horror movie, the killer winds up killing the per- the person that's being the crap out of the victim. But in this case, the victim becomes Pennywise's victim and kills him underneath the bridge in front of his partner. Now that is something grim. That is something dark. That was something that I wasn't even expecting that they, that they were going to put in the movie or anything like that. But it shows... The setup. It shows what they are going to be doing with this movie from the very beginning, where Mike actually has to round up the Loser Club after 27 years and say, Hey, look, it's back. We got to go on ahead and kill this thing. And I need y'all's help to remember what, what we did to actually stop Pennywise. And that's pretty much the whole entire setup. Then there's actually the, the other thing, too, that I actually have to mention is whenever they go off and split up, and they're actually remembering stuff from their past, it's actually going to be kind of a slow pace type film as well because you're not going to see much of Pennywise other than in flashbacks of them when they were kids and stuff like that. So if you're expecting a lot of Pennywise, you might actually be kind of let down. And matter of fact, you can actually feel the three-hour marker on this. That's actually one of the negatives because I've been in three-hour-long movies where it doesn't even feel like a three-hour-long movie. Like, for example, the new Avengers movie, I didn't feel like it was three hours long or didn't drag at all. It felt like I was in there for like an hour and 30 minutes rather than three hours. But this movie, you can actually tell that it's a three hour long movie. But it, to be honest with you, it doesn't really deliver as much as what the actual It Chapter 1 was. But it, I enjoyed it for what it was. And I think that people are actually going to enjoy seeing It Chapter 2. But, you know what I'm saying? It like I said, it pushes the boundaries whenever you look at the intro and how about how things are actually round up for the Losers Club. And, you know, another thing, too, is there's actually a lot of Stephen King references in this movie as well. There's a lot of Easter eggs in there. Stephen King's even in there, too. And what I liked the fact was what they did with Bill's part where people are like, well, I don't like the ending. I don't like the ending to your books. There's actually books that I don't like that Stephen King wrote and... For example, I didn't like the ending for Revival. I didn't like uh, Gwendy's uh, button box. I didn't like uh, Revolution, I think it was called. But either way it goes, Evol- uh, Elevation is what it was called. 
but I didn't care for those three books. And to actually have that in there where people are criticizing, it's like he's actually taking elements of stuff that he went through and adapting it with uh adapting it into the movie and everything and I like that aspect because it actually gives you a little bit of humor to it and he's actually criticizing his own work which is actually pretty cool because you don't really see much authors that actually criticize their own work it's like yeah maybe maybe the ending kind of sucks on some of my books or whatever but you know that's just the way it is but I like the fact that Stephen King was able to be in there and criticize his own work and looking at it through the lenses of someone that's actually a fan and be like eh the ending sucked and he even criticizes Bill as a writer and said well I didn't like your ending the ending sucked but I'm also going to mention this too that this actually felt more like a comedy rather than something that was actually scary unlike the first film where you actually feel uh creeped out where you actually have goosebumps and stuff like that with this I didn't really have that much of a horror element to it because of the humor that they actually have in it and then there's even like a nightmare and Alm Alm Street kind of deal where Pennywise is making jokes before they actually kill somebody and I like that kind of feel to it but I want to actually gravitate towards the horror side and everything because I didn't really feel like I actually had that cold goosebump feeling like I did whenever I saw it coming through the big screen or whatever whenever the kids are actually looking at the projector and you see Pennywise coming through the projector I didn't get that feel for it except for maybe in a few scenes in this movie and I really want to see more of a Pennywise type of thing but the whole entire thing too there is one creepy moment that you actually do see a little bit of a creepiness of it and that's the part where the little girl's underneath the bleachers in a baseball field and she's walking underneath the bleachers following the uh light bug and i'm not giving any spoilers or anything this is actually in the trailer itself so if you're saying oh he's spoiling it no it's actually in the trailer it's actually part of that so don't worry about it but anyway she's following the light bug all the way to where pennywise is and whenever all you see is white gloves catching the light bug and showing it to her and then she goes well, I better get going and everything because he's starting to creep her out and everything. But I like what they do. They use Bill Skargard's regular eyes to lure the kid in to show some innocence with the clown to make him feel like she's safe when she's really not safe. And then all of a sudden, whenever he's about to do his whole entire attack thing, his eyes glow yellow, which is actually pretty cool because you don't want the kid to be creeped out as soon as she gets over there. You want her to be able to trust him a little bit to where he's like, okay, he may be all right. He's just a clown underneath the bleachers. But still, why would a clown be underneath the bleachers in the first place? But anyways, she actually has a little birthmark that she's ashamed of that people pick on her with. Then it shows a little bit of um, making Pennywise a little bit more vulnerable because of the way he is. And he actually uses that to actually get the girl to do what he wants her to do. And before you know it, she gets her head, um, her whole entire cheek cut off with his razor teeth. Then another that to me, that element was actually pretty creepy. The um, the shape-shifting part in Beverly's house was actually pretty creepy. I'm not going to go into details on that. But if you haven't seen the four or five minute long tr- um, clip of that, I recommend you watch that. Because then you can actually go on ahead and go use the bathroom or whatever. And it's actually online if you want to take a look at it. So if you're actually wanting to actually have like a little bit of a bathroom break, 
during the three hours, I recommend watching that clip and then going on ahead, use the bathroom, and then come in and watch the rest of the movie because that's actually a little bit of an intermission to where you can actually miss a little small snippet of the movie because you've already seen it. But anyways, I enjoyed that part. Then, you know, I like the fact that they have, the like I mentioned before, the chemistry between the adults is very spot on. Everything about this movie is pretty decent. I had, I enjoyed it. Then the reveal of who Pennywise actually is. I get the fact that it's in the book. I get the fact that, you know, that they actually had a pull from the book for that part. And I just feel like, you know, it didn't really do much for me. I wish they would have done maybe a little something different. But still, I can appreciate what Andre Muschietti did for that scene because of the fact that it does kind of give you a little bit of a creepy feeling to it or whatever. But it didn't really land for me the way I wanted it to land. But it was actually pretty decent for what they did. Um, Then... The way that it... I'm going to be honest with you. I don't understand how they can actually make... Uh, in Ed Chapter 3. Especially the way they actually tied everything together. On a nice little bow. To where it's like... They don't have to go in and make another It movie. If they have to make another It movie. Like I mentioned before. Whenever you do something that's loosely based. 99.9% of the time. The movie's going to end up failing. And I don't see how they can actually do this. Unless they incorporate it into like a Castle Rock type movie. Or if they go on ahead and incorporate it into a into a TV show itself based on it. But I'd rather them just go on ahead and do it in a Castle Rock TV show with Hulu rather than a two or three hour movie. Because they can actually cover a lot of, of the town history and make a prequel series out of that whole entire thing and make it a, out of the Castle Rock show. But, you know, if they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. I'm okay with either one. But the real question is, will I go and see an It Chapter 3? that's loosely based I might go see it I might actually check it out but it depends on how they actually do it how if they actually get Bill Skarsgård back again because he did say he was open to actually making another it movie but I don't know how that would actually land I don't know how and what they're gonna do but to me making a prequel show or movie actually makes more sense rather than them making an it chapter three but we're just gonna have to wait and see on that but like I said the negatives for me not that much screen time with Pennywise on the screen it felt more like a comedy rather than something horror then there's also the fact that you know this movie felt like three hours long and they could have cut out a couple of stuff that could make it a lot more scarier than what they did I like the nods that they did with Tim Curry uh and stuff like that because they actually did use some of the dialogue from the original it from 1990 miniseries they actually used I'm the eater of worlds I'm your worst nightmare they did that They've, even in the Clown Funhouse, they actually showed, like, the old classic Tim Curry-looking clown when, um, punching bags and stuff like that, where he looks like he's is all lit up and everything. It actually matches to what the original Pennywise was. And then the mirrors and everything, that's even more creepier, because I even whenever I went to, like, Canopy Lake Park up in New Hampshire, they actually have nothing but a place with mirrors, and you have to go through that maze of mirrors. And that stuff is actually creepy and everything. Especially whenever Pennywise is actually over there banging his head against the glass and everything. Trying to get to this kid. And you're wondering if Bill's even going to even be able to save this kid in the first place. And that actually adds a lot of emotional uh, stuff too. Especially stuff that happened with Georgie. And about how Bill wants to go ahead and save this kid. And not make the same mistake with Georgie. 
And I like that aspect to it. It has a little bit of a layer to Bill that we haven't seen in the miniseries. And they actually do a pretty nice job of actually doing it. And like I said, they actually do a good job with wrapping up everything and stuff like that. Especially whenever you look at the Stan, Stan's character and with Eddie's character. They wrap up perfectly. Another thing too is this. The two characters to me that I can actually relate to in a sense but not on a well, not on an actual aspect of what they went through or whatever, but I can actually relate to them because of some stuff that my friends went through. But for instance, you have Beverly, who's a good designer, who's a famous designer for clothes and stuff like that. And she actually marries somebody that's just like her father who abuses her and stuff like that. So that's uh, another aspect that they actually did whenever she's a grown adult. Then you actually have Eddie who marries someone that's just like his mother. And it's crazy about how those two characters actually have something in common with each other where they actually married somebody or are with somebody that is exactly like their past and they don't like their past, but it seems like they're married to what they're used to. So therefore they wind up marrying the very people that they don't like. And and another thing too, if you actually recognize it, recognize the voice or actually see what his wife looks like, yes, Eddie... The actress who plays Eddie's mother is the same person that they got to be his wife in the movie for It Chapter 2, which is kind of crazy, kind of creepy in a way, but that's what they did. But it actually makes sense. It's fitting for the character. It didn't take me out of the movie at all. The only thing, like I said, it draw. you can actually tell that this is a three-hour-long movie. It's very drawn out. I wish they would actually cut out some of the scenes, but it is what it is. After all, I enjoy the movie. I had fun with it. But I didn't enjoy it as much as It Chapter 1, where it was more grounded. It was, they had took their time developing everything. And I wanted to see more stuff with the adults. But I will say this. They did a better job with the second half than they did with the second half with the miniseries, where I felt like everything was just a comical joke in, in that whole entire series. With this, they actually did try to add in some horror aspects. Some of it might have failed a little bit and stuff like that. But... They did a decent job enough to where I was actually satisfied with the way they actually incorporated certain things. It's just that the comedy aspect took me out a little bit of this movie. Where I wanted a little bit more of a horror flavor rather than something that is comical. But with that being said, I'm going to have to give this movie a 3 out of 5 for the simple fact. The runtime, like I mentioned. Um, Not seeing that much Pennywise in this movie. And then, of course, the uh, comedy in there too. I just didn't really, it didn't really stick with me. It didn't really land with me on some of the humor, some of the jokes. But other than that, though, I thought it was very good. Bell Horter, of course, steals the show. And I like the fact, too, that he actually makes fun of Eddie's mom at the Chinese restaurant. So there's that. So tell me what you guys think. Did you like it? Chapter two. What didn't you like about chapter two? Let me know. I'm actually going to have it set up to where you can actually send me a voicemail of what you guys think of the movie. And I'm also going to be talking about this now. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the Joker movie, about the festivals, about how people are saying this is the best movie out there and stuff like that whenever it comes out. And I'm going to be honest with you. There is a such thing as overhyping a movie to where you can get some positive buzz out there. And yes, there is a standing ovation for it. But in case you've forgotten, there was actually a standing ovation for uh, Batman versus Superman. Yes, it wasn't out, out in the public. Yes, it wasn't out in a festival, but it was there with the executives. 
and look how that turned out. I like the extended version over the original cut, but either way it goes, I'm going to have to be, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm, my level of excitement for this is kind of in the medium, kind of right in the middle, where I'm excited for it, but I don't know if this is actually going to be successful or if there's if there's going to be Academy Awards that's going to be shown out. I'm the kind of person's like, well, show me what you got first, and then we'll talk. Because anybody said, oh, there's positive word going around saying that the Joker is going to be the next best thing. It's going to win Academy Awards. There's standing ovations for this thing at the film festivals and stuff like that. Joaquin Phoenix does one of his best performances. Here's the thing. I learned not to get into those type of situations to where I'm overhyped for a movie to the point where I wind up having high expectations and all of a sudden it doesn't meet those expectations. And next thing you know it, I'm shot all the way back down to where I don't think the movie is any good. And if you're wondering if this happened to me with it, not really at all. I was actually in the middle of that too because of the way that the 1990s adult um, part, uh, part two with dealing with the adults in the miniseries, I was let down with that. So I was kind of curious about how they were actually going to incorporate the adults and if it's actually going to be good. So I was in the middle on the middle ground with that. And then I'm even more on the middle of ground with the Joker as well because of the fact I want this movie to be good. I want it to succeed, but I got to call it what it is. I don't like whenever the studios try to overhype something. Another example, I'm going to have to go back to it again, where you have Jessica Chastain who winds up saying, oh, we used the most blood in a horror movie. Sorry, but it does not that you overhyped that you over exaggerated on that because there was not enough blood to where I can actually say that they actually used a large amount of blood for that movie when they didn't. And, you know, nobody can actually use the large amount of blood when you look at movies like Nightmare on Elm Street with the uh, with Johnny Depp being swallowed by the bed and as well as The Shining, for another example, where the elevators open up and there's a bunch of blood flowing out of the elevators. Sorry, but that's overhyping the movie. That's overanalyzing the whole entire thing without actually seeing the movie in its full context. I'm just, like I said, show me what you got first. Show me with action, not your words. And then we'll talk later on. Because I just don't feel like that this movie is going to be as hyped as people are saying it is. But I could be eating my own words by the time October rolls around. And I actually go and see this new Joker movie. Because I am excited about the new Joker movie. Don't get me wrong. I want this to be a success. But I don't want to have high expectations to the fact that... I overanalyze it to the fact that I actually have these high expectations and now all of a sudden I'm down to the ground and and it's not as good as what people make it out to be. And nah, I'd rather go in ahead, have low expectations, see what you give me, and then I'll make the judgment on the whole entire movie in its entirety. Then we'll talk. Right now, I'm fine where I'm at. I'm right there in the middle. I think this movie's going to be good. I think Joaquin Phoenix is a good actor. I think that he is going to be a good Joker and he's going to land things well. Another thing I want to mention about this Joker thing is the fact that, you know, everybody's like, well, it's dealing with realism and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, did you see The Dark Knight? That was dealing with realism. And nobody batted an eye, no pun intended, no one batted an eye whenever Heath Ledger played that role. And that's dealing with realism. And you're putting the same type of concept with the Joker and realism in the real world again without having to make him uh, into the acid or anything like that to make his face the way it is. And there's no Batman to actually be in this movie at all. So you're dealing with a whole entire new, uh, another level where it's realism again 
And you're criticizing an actor again based on the fact that Heath Ledger actually did the job, uh, did a better job than you, than the last Joker, than the guy, Jared Leto in the Suicide Squad. And there's no comparison to which one was the better, better version, but you need to just hold up on the brakes and everything just for a little bit and look at what you're doing because it's the same stupid thing where you're putting the Joker on realism and you also have Heat Ledger in realism. There's no originality behind it. It's the same kind of concept with it. It's the same thing, but I'm actually excited to actually see it. But I'm like, I just don't understand. I question things sometimes, like with that meme. I'm like, well, well, why are you criticizing for something? You didn't criticize it before whenever it had the same the plot with realism. You guys were fine with that. All of a sudden, Walking Phoenix is in it. Oh my God, this has realism in it. It doesn't measure up to what the comic books are. Who gives a crap? It's the Joker. It's the it's the crime lord of what Batman of Batman is and everything. I get the fact that this doesn't even have anything to do with the, with the comics. And neither did Christopher Nolan's movies at all. Christopher Nolan's was about realism. It, he didn't want aliens in it. He didn't want anything at all dealing with, uh, with that part. He wanted it to be like somebody could actually go out there and do this and everything. And that's exactly what, he, what we got from that film. This is kind of like a falling down situation where... He's pissed off where this Joker's actually pissed off the way he's actually being treated, the way the society actually is, and he had enough of it and he just has a whole entire complete meltdown. That's the difference between this film in a sense. But, like I said, it just makes me question certain people's logic on certain things. So if you have a different opinion or anything like that, I'm kind of curious about what you guys think about that. And send me out a voicemail because, like I said, I'm curious about what you guys have to say and everything. This is not just about me. I'm, I like hearing other people's views and their viewpoints. So anyways, that's it for me as far as the It Chapter 2 uh, review goes and as far as the Joker stuff goes. So I'm just going to have to wait until I actually see the movie to actually say this movie is good or not. And, you know, go on ahead, get a balloon. We all float down here. And, of course, if you like what you hear, Subscribe to my channel. Until next time. Bye-bye.